help pastors understand that prophecy has an order to it. Just, just like there's a sunset and a sunrise and we can predict the exact minute the sun will rise or the sun will set, God is a God of order and there is prophetic order. It's not just a mixed up bunch thrown into a hat and shaken around. There is a chronology. There's a, there's a timeline. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Steve Green on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm excited to have you listening to this show today because I have a special guest, a good friend of Charisma Media and Magazine and the Strangs. He's just been a, uh, they've had a relationship for many years and I'd like to introduce Dave Williams to you. He served for over 30 years as pastor of Mount Hope Church in Lansing, Michigan. I, I normally don't interview people from Michigan, Pastor Dave, but <laughs> be, because you are who you are. You know, my son graduated from Nebraska, so we don't speak much of Michigan anymore. <laughs> but I'm so glad that you're visiting us by phone into our studio. Welcome. Thank you, Dr. Green. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. And we're we're here specifically. You're so well known to our readers and, and listeners that I don't need to say much about your background, but you've done so many things. You're a great teacher of leadership. And I recommend all your books and materials for those who are hunting it. I particularly like you've got a DVD series, The Art of Pace Setting Leadership. It's a yes. it's a great curriculum that you developed over 30 years. Why don't you give that a plug real quick, let our listeners know about it. Okay, well, The Art of Pace Setting Leadership is a 16-week course. It's, uh, or I should say 16 sessions, 16 video sessions, we have student workbooks as well as uh, moderator workbooks, and churches, uh, actually campuses. We've got we've got them on 150 campuses where campus ministries are running them now. Uh, I'm going to be in Santa Cruz next week, and we're opening up 30 more campuses where the Art of Pace Sitting Leadership course is going. And uh, one pastor, he he ran the course for two years after he began the church. He ran the videos, and back then they were VHS videos. Started with just a handful of people, five people, in a new area where there was no no uh, full gospel light at all. And uh, he started training up leaders in his church, and as a result, God brought so many people to the church. He's now known as a mega church. They, they're, it was our first daughter church. They have over a thousand members now. That's great. Good and work. He attributes it to the Art of Pace Sitting Leadership. Well, I highly recommend it. We've been through all that material. I've read it and, and watched all the videos, and it's really good work. And, oh, uh, thanks, and, Dr. And I think that you can help so a, lot of, a lot of young pastors and young ministers. So uh, you can find it on your website. Is that correct? That's correct. Let's direct us there to make sure we have the right website. Okay, DaveWilliams.com. Well, that was difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe we changed the title. I don't remember. So it's DaveWilliams.com. For anything that you hear, the resources we speak of in this interview, uh, you'll find them on DaveWilliams.com, and I highly recommend it. I think you'll enjoy it. But that's not what we're here to talk about. You've got over 2.5 million books out there that have been uh that are being read by people that uh, have followed your ministry. And I'm excited to report that you've got a new book out, and we're really happy about it because we published it, and I'm very, very excited to publish your work anytime. But this new book is called Hope in the Last Days, Be Prepared for the Biblical Prophecies Coming to Pass. So I, I've got a subtitle to recommend for your book, Pastor. Okay. You ready? You ain't seen yeah. nothing yet. Yeah, <laughs> 
<laughs> That's what I think I got out of it. In, in addition to a lot of really good biblical material, uh, there's some days coming ahead. Tell us about it. Well, we are the first generation to see all the end time signs converging. And somebody, uh, Dr. David Reagan, did a poll among 22 of the top prophecy scholars known in the world as to what the number one sign that we are likely the final generation. And he thought they would say, well, it was uh, 1948 when Israel once again became a nation. Mm-hmm. And and that was the, the chief sign that I believe we entered in what I call the last days. But uh, the, the 22 prophetic scholars had a different take. They said the number one sign is the fusion or the convergence of all the end-time markers, signs, and conditions that are pointing to that final seven-year period that's just ahead. My goodness. When is it starting? What do you see? Well, we I, I can tell you exactly when it starts, but you and I won't know about it. We'll be gone. Now, according to Daniel 9, uh, you read verses 24 to 26, you find that the exact day that final seven years begins will be when there is a peace covenant or treaty of some sort made between Israel and a third party, and it is enforced by a world leader or confirmed. That in the, in the Hebrew, I understand, also means enforced. When he confirms this covenant, that's the beginning. That's the, the Israel's prophetic clock once again begins. The parenthetical period ends, the age of grace, and we enter into seven years. When I say we, I hope not we, but uh, the world enters into a seven-year final Shabuah, it is in the Hebrew, uh, which will be what Jesus talked about when he said, and then there shall be tribulation such as there has not been since the beginning of time or never will be again. Well, you know, Pastor and, and author Dave Williams, I, I'm, I continue to say that for new listeners that are joining us, we, we frequently poll our readers and ask them what they would like to read about. What should we be writing about? What do you want to know more about? And in poll after poll for many years, our continuing number one answer is tell us more about end times. They, they, there's a hunger among people for the prophetic, for the end times prophecy. They want to understand it. They want to know it. But they also want to have the signs interpreted. And and I think that's a relatively new thing. I'm not sure people have always been hungry to understand it. What What do you think? Well, I think a number of pastors are no longer preaching or teaching Bible prophecy. No, they, they think it divides. You know, there are so many different, but you've got pre-tribulation, post-tribulation, mid-tribulation, pre-wrath, rapture, partial rapture. And there are so many different concepts out there for people's ideas that they feel it brings division to the church. But if somebody has a different view, I've always felt it should not bring division among members of the body of Christ. It should bring loving discussion. That's good. What what a concept, loving discussion. And do you see it? Do you think churches are picking it up? Does your book help pastors to teach from it, or do they, they all have their own book? Well, it's too early to tell, but that, that was one of the goals when I wrote the book, and I told about it in the first part of the book. Uh, 
I said, I want to help pastors understand that prophecy has an order to it. Yes. Just just like there's a sunset and a sunrise, and we can predict the exact minute the sun will rise or the sun will set. God is a God of order, and there is prophetic order. It's not just a mixed-up bunch thrown into a hat and shaken around. There is a chronology. There's a there's a timeline. Now, it's difficult to know exactly um, what events are going to be uh, for first on that timeline. For example, we know that there will be a Magog invasion, that uh, Iran, mm-hmm. Turkey, uh, along with probably Russia, Russia is probably Rosh, the Scythians that settled north of the Black Sea and the Caucasus Mountains. And we know that there's going to be, I mean, even Jewish theologians understand this, and they believe that it's coming. Well, now we see the very nations that Ezekiel mentioned that are hobnobbing. They're they're converging together themselves. They're aligning themselves together. And even Iran, uh, just, just in the news yesterday, they found a big post right at the border of Israel uh, that was sent from Iran that says, we are coming for you. Wow. And it has always been the radical Islamist nation, uh, nation's desire is to annihilate Israel. They don't want to coexist with Israel. They want Israel gone off the map. And so um, we, that, that could happen this year, next year, but but then there's that, Paul said, I tell you a secret, a mystery, a mysterion in the Greek, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. That's known as the, the harpazo, or the catching away of the church, the mm-hmm. closing of the church age. We don't know which, which of those will come first. Some believe the Magog invasion will be after Christ comes for his church. Some believe it will be at toward the end of the tribulation. And so we don't know exactly when that marquee event will take place, but we know it's going to take place sometime on God's prophetic timeline. So if we know the major pieces of the puzzle, sort of like a jigsaw puzzle, you take the marquee events, those are the border pieces, we get into the puzzle first. And then as we see these other signs lining up, according to Daniel, Ezekiel, Jesus, Paul, John, then we can fit them into that puzzle, and we start seeing a clearer picture of where we are and where we're going. We're visiting with Dave Williams, author of Hope in the Last Days, uh, how we can be prepared for the biblical prophecies coming to pass. We'll continue in this interview just after this word for our sponsor. The Lord is preparing us for an enormously blessed event that is prophesied in the Bible. Although the term rapture is not in the Bible, the event is described in great detail and the word rapture has come to be used to identify this event. The time is now for everyone to hear, understand, and act in a godly manner so that we will be found worthy of the rapture. Author Glenda Dumas shares the visions of the rapture and unseen realm in her new book to help readers prepare for what is to come, the second coming of the Lord Jesus. This exciting and scripture-centered book helps readers clearly see the signs of the end times and how they can be ready to meet their God and Savior. To read a free excerpt of this book or to purchase it, go to glendadumas.com. That's G-L-E-N-D-A-D-U-M-A-S.com. We're back with Dave Williams. He's written Hope in the Last Days. He's a 
formidable pastor, retired, sort of retired pastor, over the past 30 years of writing. He's got over 2.5 million books in print. And really excited to have you on the show again, sir. And we'll continue our discussion. I think I'd, I'd really like to ask you about the hope in last days. We can see that we're probably living in them. But speak to us a little bit about what you've written about hope. Okay. Uh, a lot of times when you read prophecy, uh, it is the proverbial gloom and doom, you know, the the earthquakes, the diseases, pestilences, right. and all that. Of course, that's all part of the, especially the final seven years of human government. Nonetheless, Jesus said, see that you be not troubled. Hmm. And Paul talked about a blessed hope. And when he talked about a blessed hope, he said, the blessed hope and conjunction, the glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which means that the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ are two different events because of the conjunction. If they were the same event, he would have put a dash or a semicolon or, you know, whoever was interpreting from the original Greek would have put that it would have been the same. But the blessed hope is different from the glorious appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. And for for the first almost 400 years of Christianity, the New Testament church taught that Jesus was coming for his people, and then there would be the what they called the final conflagration. you got Tertullian, Irenaeus, Ephraim, and these church fathers that constantly taught Jesus was coming for his church first before that final seven-year Shabua, where, where there will ultimately be a world government. Mm. And, um, and so that's the hope we have now. And when we preach that and teach that, we see hundreds come to Jesus Christ. I was up in the high desert uh, last week mm-hmm. in Hesperia, preaching, church about 1,200, and I talked on prophecy. I talked about the fusion of the markers and conditions that point to that final Shabuah, and I offered them the blessed hope that Paul gave us, uh, that Jesus actually gave us, or the Holy Spirit gave us. And there were over a hundred people respond to the salvation altar call I gave. It's amazing. Uh, met Jesus that day because they want the hope that one day a trumpet's going to sound, the dead in Christ will rise, and we which are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet them in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. But then in the book, I also offer hope for our nation because America seems to have crossed every one of God's borders. Um, that has brought destruction to other nations. And there is hope. We still have that promise if God's people, which are called by his name, will humble themselves and pray, seek his face, and turn from their twisted ways, wicked ways, then he'll hear from heaven and send a healing. And that's my prayer for this nation, that God will send a healing to our nation, that there will be such an awakening and outpouring and revival that when that trumpet sounds, there won't be much left of America. Mm. And that's why America has such a small role, if any, in end-time prophecy. But further hope for those that miss that, what I call God's final roundup. A trumpet's going to sound. It will be sudden, dramatic, global, and irreversible. Something will happen 
that closes the church age. Something will have to close the church age, which is a parenthetical age we call the age of grace or the time of the Gentiles. Something will close that. That parentheses will go closed. And I believe that is the catching away of the church. Mm. That will allow the prophetic clock to begin, Israel's prophetic clock that, that, that has seven missing years, to once again begin, and then God begins to decisively and directly deal with Israel, and many of them will end up will end up coming to Christ. Now, you worked at Oral Roberts University. Yes, sir. Uh, for a season. I don't know if you know Harry Salem or not. The, yes. He was Oral's vice president for a, a long time. Yes. And I was at uh, his conference. His wife, uh, Cheryl Salem, and Harry Salem run a We Who Worship conference, and they wanted me to present prophecy because so many of the pastors weren't teaching prophecy because they didn't want to get it wrong. They didn't understand it. So I taught on prophecy, and I had my books with me. I had enough books for two venues, that We Who Worship conference and then the church I was preaching at. Instead, we sold every last book. I had no books to take up to the church. I was going to in the high desert. And what people were doing, Harry made a suggestion to people. He said, this book gives hope to people that are left behind after the catching away of the church, the harpazo or rapture, raptus in the Latin it is. Because I give 20 specific things. Jesus said, he that endures to the end shall be saved. So that means it's possible to endure to the end of that seven-year period. The greatest part of that seven period will be the final three and a half years, which will be uh, hell on earth. But many will survive. Mm -hmm. And I give 20 very specific things to survive that coming time of tribulation that Jesus spoke of and Paul spoke of. And uh, Harry told the audience, there were probably a hundred pastors there and their wives, and then there were three, four uh, maybe 500 others that were part of that conference. And he said, uh, why don't you buy a book for your family members and wrap it up in a gift wrap and leave a card on it, put their name, and leave a card that says, I told you so. Well, I love it. <laughs> so, That's funny. Honestly, people were buying the books four and five at a time because they wanted, in case their family doesn't come to Christ before this parenthetical age of grace comes to a conclusion, and Jesus comes for his church, it tells them how they can survive that tribulation. That's amazing. I'm sure that's going to sell some books. You've got a line here, your subhead, be prepared. That uh, that intrigued me. I read for it as I went through. So is there something you could advise us as we prepare? Is there something that can be done? I know that there are many ministers that preach preparation. What's your feeling on that? Uh, you're talking about like preppers? Yes. That would be the name. Right. <laughs> right. I, I've seen that show, uh, Preppers, where people uh, believe they're going to... In fact, we had an old army sergeant in our church. I think I talk about him in my book. Great soul winner, just excited, full of joy, retired from the army. And then he read a book called Christians Will Go Through the Great Tribulation. Mm-hmm. And it's an old book written by a financial guy years and years ago. 
and all of a sudden he became sad. Uh, his joy was gone. He bought property up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan and started building a bomb shelter and and started storing up guns and storing up food. And I tried to talk to him, but his joy never came back. All he was worried about is prepping for the Great Tribulation. Hmm. Well, I, I don't encourage that because the greatest soul winners believe that Jesus is going to take them before that time. Now, we'll face tribulation in this world. We all have tribulation. Uh, the tri- persecution of man, you know, and... Uh, uh, satanic oppression at times, but we're not going to face the wrath of God because Paul said, you are not appointed to the wrath of God. And mm-hmm. that final seven years from the very first start is going to be the wrath of God and the wrath of the Lamb. And we're not appointed to that. So if I'm well, a pre-tribber, like, I don't really prepare. It's just no, the trumpet's going to blow pre- and I'm gone. That's right. Uh and I believe that is the biblical view, even though in my book I explained the other views and why I believe, after studying five different positions, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, partial rapture, and pre-wrath rapture, uh, I, I studied all five of those positions, and I show them in my book, and then I tell, in a loving way, not putting down these people that hold other positions, sure. because... It's not essential to salvation, what you believe about the rapture. I think every person that believes the Bible and is a true Christian believes in the rapture, or or they have to tear out 1 Corinthians 15 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Uh, and it's interesting to me that after chapter, you get to chapter 6 in Revelation, chapters 1 through 5 speaks sort of in Gentile church language, you get to chapter 6, and it's, I mean, I don't mean language, but I mean um, terminology, Mm -hmm. and you get to chapter 6 to 19, it switches to Jewish terminology, to Hebrew terminology. And that tells me that that final seven years is that Daniel's 70th week, that seven missing years on the prophetic clock God has for the people of Israel. But no, I, I don't prep in terms of storing up, um, because you're right. I would totally agree with you that there is going to be a trumpet sound. And, uh, Dr. Green, here's something very interesting. You're probably very familiar with it, but Jesus fulfilled the first four feasts of the Lord in his first coming. Right. And I believe he'll fulfill the final three in his second coming. For 1,800 years... Uh, the Jewish people practiced these practiced the feasts of the Lord. They weren't called Jewish feasts; they were called the feasts of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it started with Passover. On Passover, at the Passover celebration, the day that they were slaying the lamb that they were going to use at the feast, the very hour the priest was binding the lamb to the altar to slay him was the very time, nine o'clock in the morning, they were binding Jesus to the cross. Mm. At three o'clock in the afternoon, Jesus died. He gave up the ghost. At three o'clock in the afternoon is when they slayed the lamb 
for the Passover feast. Hmm. Now, Jesus died on Passover. He was buried at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and he rose on the Feast of First Fruits. Those three feasts were in rapid succession. And then on the Feast of Pentecost is when he sent the Holy Spirit hmm. on the exact day, these exact days. And another interesting thing is the bread they used when they uh, had this, when Jesus had the Last Supper mm-hmm. for the Passover meal, he used bread that the Jewish people used, and it was baked with stripes in it and punctures. Oh my. It, it was to be sort of a rehearsal for 1,800 years on how to know the Messiah how to know who the Messiah would be. He would have stripes, and he'd be punctured, and one day they will see him whom they have pierced. But that bread, Jesus said, this is my body which was broken for you. And all the symbology in that. Now, he fulfilled the first four feasts in his first coming. Mm -hmm. Those were the spring feasts. Now there's three fall feasts that are to come. There's the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Atonement, and then the Feast of Tabernacles. Some really believe it. Now, here's something interesting about the Feast of Trumpets. They didn't know exactly what day it would be. That was the only feast they didn't know the exact day it would be. The priests had to continually watch the moon, and the moon had to be in an exact position to know that, ah, it's now time for the Feast of Trumpets. They would blow their shofars, and everyone working in the fields, the work had to stop then. And then they had to come to the temple to celebrate the Feast of Trumpets. Then there was the Feast of Atonement. We see that's going to happen at the second coming of Christ, at the end of the final Shabuah, that seven years, when all Israel will see him whom they pierced, and they recognize that that is the surviving. Many of them are coming to Christ, but the surviving ones that hadn't come to Christ are going to see him whom they pierced. And that will be their day of atonement, receiving their Messiah, Jesus Christ. And then the beauty of the Feast of Tabernacles. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, when the, even in Israel today, at the Feast of Tabernacles, people build little huts outside their house, little, um, little structures made out of either animal skins or um, trees, branches, and all, and they live out there for seven days. And it was designed to be a time of tabernacling with God, which God always wanted to do with us. Right from the Garden of Eden, he wanted to tabernacle with fellowship, commune with Adam and Eve, his creation. And, of course, sin broke that. But God always shared his desire how he wanted to have fellowship with us. And so he gave this Feast of Tabernacles, the seven days of tabernacling with God. And I believe that could be a symbolic picture of the millennial reign of Christ, the thousand years when God is here on earth tabernacling with his people. It's going to be an awesome day, and there's so much hope looking forward to that day. Yes, sir. What a great teaching, Pastor. I mean, that segment that you just uh, were anointed to speak, I, I could I could feel God on you. Uh, oh, thank that you. needs to be kept and replayed. It was a really strong teaching. 
unfortunately, you know, we're out of time, and I I don't uh, ever want to cut a pastor short that's got as much word in him as you do. But I would like you to close with uh, some instruction to us. How then shall we live? In if I as I have read your book, and I'm, I'm going to reread sections of it as we uh, speak with our listeners now. What would you say to us? Uh, I've read this book. I understand it. I understand your teaching. How then shall we live? Well, I always say spiritual, attitudinal, and practical. The first thing, we need to know the Lord. I heard Jonathan Kahn say, say, if you don't know the Lord, it's time to know the Lord. If you're not born again, it's time to be born again. If you're in sin, it's time to get out of sin, because time is so short now. Jesus really is coming. And many of us have orthodoxy. We believe the right things. Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Blessed Virgin, lived a sinless life, died and rose. We believe those things, but our orthopraxy is something different than our orthodoxy. That is our practice, our experience. And if a person listening is not born again, that's the first step to being prepared for Christ's coming. You must know him personally. And uh, as it relates to pastors, I'd say prepare your congregation. Mm-hmm. Jesus is coming. Don't be afraid to teach Bible prophecy. And my book really explains it. I wrote it as chronological as I possibly could to help pastors get a good understanding of the prophetic timeline. Amen. The book is Hope in the Last Days. Be prepared for the biblical prophecies coming to pass. We've been visiting with Dave Williams, Pastor Dave Williams. He's an evangelist, travels all over the country spreading this word, all over the world spreading this word. And if you ever have a chance to hear him, I I sure hope you would do that. In the meantime, visit DaveWilliams.com. You can find his teaching materials, uh, access to this book. We just strongly recommend that um, you share this with others. Buy 10 and give them away because uh, people need to hear this message. Pastor, thank you. Any last words for us? Well, thank you, Dr. Green. I so appreciate you and your ministry and your writing. And uh, just thank you for having me on. I'm so grateful, so very grateful. Thank you. And I'm grateful for your teaching and for your, you're making our lives better. And you're, you're sounding a bell that needs to be sounded. So thanks for your writing and your ministry and keep at it. Thank you. All right. You've been listening to the Charisma Connection with Dave Williams. Hope in the last days. Visit Dave at DaveWilliams.com. God bless you all, and thanks for listening. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.